Almighty God, we serve, O oh Lord. Uh, we love you. We thank you. We give you high praise today. Uh, worthy are you, Lamb of God. Uh, Jesus, we worship you. We praise you. Uh, great is your faithfulness, O oh Lord. Uh, mighty God, we give you praise and we give you glory. Uh, we give you honor today. Uh, blessed be the name that's above every name, O oh Lord. Uh, Thank you for your goodness. Uh, thank you for your mercy and your grace today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. God is so good this morning. Amen. Let's get into our Sunday school lesson today. It's Romans, the fifth chapter, verse 17 through 19. Romans 5, verses 17 through 19. And it says, For if by one man's offense... Death reigned by one. Much more they which received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offenses, offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift come upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. The lesson title today is Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive. The big idea of our lesson, it says, I will trust that the sacrifice Jesus made for me is sufficient for my sins. Amen. I don't know if we have any sinners in the house, but I am among them. We've all sinned. We've all made them mistakes. Amen. But I can trust the sacrifice that Jesus made is sufficient. It is sufficient. For my sins. God has provided a way for people to be freed from the penalty of sin and restored to spiritual life. I don't have to stay in my sin. He's provided a way. Amen. I can live spiritually through his sacrifice. Amen. Amen. The creation accounts in the first two chapters of Genesis focus on the creation of people from different perspectives. The first found in Genesis 1:26 reveals both male and female are created in the image of God. Both share equal blessings and responsibilities. The second account located in Genesis 2 emphasizes the material and immaterial aspects of human existence. Physically, humans are made from the earth. Their immaterial component springs from the breath of life breathed into human nostrils by the Lord. The Lord breathed into Adam the breath of life. He didn't do that to the dog or the horse or the fish or the fowls of the air. But there was this unique crea creation he made us human beings and he breathed the breath of life into him. Those two accounts offer no hint of sinfulness. Instead, humans are portrayed in hopeful and positive ways. Though made of earth, itself created by God, 
Humans are more intimately related to the creator than any other created thing. God has personally breathed into human nostrils. The result is the image of God, supremely blessed and capable. But to be made in God's image includes the fact that people possess the power of choice. Sin, since God has the freedom to choose, so do humans. Since this is so, God warned Adam and Eve to avoid the thing that would destroy them. We have the power to choose. We can choose to love, we can choose to hate, we can choose to sin, and we can choose not to sin. We can choose to come to church, or we can choose not to come to church. We can choose to eat lunch, or we can choose not to eat lunch. We can choose to secure our way to heaven, or we can choose to secure our way to hell. It's our choice. God give us the choice. He gave Adam and Eve the choice in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis 2, 16 and 17, it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Adam, all of these trees, you can do anything you want to. You can eat of them, any and every one of them. You have the choice. But just not this one. Anything else is, is fair game. Go do. Have yourself a happy, merry time. It's all for a game, wide open. But if you eat of this tree, thou shalt surely die. Both Adam and Eve exercised their freedom of choice to disregard this warning. And both suffered the consequences of spiritual death. They had the option no one forced them. Eve didn't force Adam. Adam didn't force Eve. It was their choice. Sadly, like I do so many times, I, they choose wrong. Anybody ever made the wrong choice? Oh, man. How many times do I want to do it my way, and I got my ideas... And I make this choice only to have to live with the consequences. You know, we live with consequences whether it's the right choice or wrong choice. Even if we choose right, there's consequences. And so many times we think of consequences as negative, but it's, it doesn't make it negative. It can be positive. Positive consequences. But typically, me as my humanity... When I make some of these choices in error, the consequences are not so positive. And then there's regret and shame and all of that stuff that comes along with not listening to the voice of the Lord, making my choice and choosing wrong. And the consequence is spiritual death. Upon the sin in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve experienced spiritual death. They were separated from fellowship with God. Thus, they were expelled from the garden. Don't eat of this tree, Adam and Eve. If you eat of the tree, you will die. 
not a physical death, but a spiritual death, you will die. And he expelled them from the garden, and you have to get, get out of the garden. It's a lot like that today when we make wrong choices. We are expelled sometimes. Amen. Play that video, Sister Misty. Just as Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the garden, there was separation between them and the Lord because of sin. But the word death is that separation. And just as she's saying is sometimes, or not sometimes, all the time, I want separation between me and sin. I want to die out to that sin, and I want that separation to be great between me and the sins that I have committed. That's what repentance is all about, to get to start all over. The new birth, as she mentioned there, is, is literally that. It's not that I become an infant again, but in spiritual, I, start get, I get to wash it clean. I get to start anew. All that I used to do and all that I have done is gone. The, the Lord says in the, it's, the sin is as far as the east is from the west. I, I don't know about that anymore because you've asked for forgiveness and there's separation there. Amen. Amen. I'm glad I get to walk in newness of life. 
I'm thankful for his grace and his mercy for me today. Hallelujah. Not that I'm worthy and not that I'm good, uh, but it's just because of him. It's because of his sacrifice for me. Hallelujah. I can't do enough good. Oh, but he's done it all for me. Amen. He just asked me to obey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. The Garden of Eden contained many trees, but two had special significance. The tree of life was there to provide an opportunity for Adam and Eve to live forever. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil gave them an opportunity to exercise their freedom of choice. This option was necessarily to make their relationship with God meaningful. God loved them, and he wanted them to love him in return. But love is meaningful only when it is a choice. Love is meaningful only when it is a choice. I can't make you love me. I can't force that on you, Sister Bonita. I can't do enough for you, buy enough for you to make you love me. That is your choice. It's your choice. And if the Lord forced us to love him, it don't mean much. But he loves us and he does things for us and he's there for us and he speaks peace to us. But that doesn't equate back to my love for him. I have to choose that. I have to make up in my mind, do I want to love him? It's easy to say, oh, I love the Lord. But do you? Do you? This word love today, I love cake. Really? Love. So shallow, we've weakened, we've weakened the word, and uh, I can remember going way back in time, Sister Misty and, and myself were dating, and we had dated a long time, and that was something that I refused to say until I meant it. I was not going to say, Misty, I love you, until I knew that that's what I meant. It, it wasn't just a flippant thing, uh, something to say. But there was emotion and there was, there was some, some resolve behind it. There was some commitment behind that word. So many times I say, I love you, Jesus, but there's no commitment. There's nothing behind the word. It's just a, a word. Uh, we see it in society so many times. Oh, yeah, I love the Lord. Uh, do, do you? I, I'm not their judge, or, nor do I want to be. Just judging me, sometimes I use that word flippantly. Just here, yeah, I love you, Jesus. But what is my actions? What is my life? What is the way I live and talk and walk? And what is the way I read and the way I spend my, my afternoons and my free time? What does that say about my love for him? Man, I don't think we have to be extremists. I would tell you most things to the extreme are wrong. But there's some commitment that has to be made. Everyday walk, amen. After their sin, Adam and Eve were exiled, exiled from, the, the eat, from Eden to prevent them from eating from the tree of life and living forever. The tree of life was not there to impart external 
eternal life. It was there to preserve Adam and Eve from physical death. It would not do for them to continue to inhabit the garden in a state of rebellion against God. From the earliest days of human history, relationship with God was made possible by faith, hence not eating of the tree. Relationship with God was made possible through faith. It starts this whole walk as we start our walk living for God. And no matter how long you've lived for God and no matter uh, how secure you are, we still have to reignite that faith over and over again. I, I have to make sure that I still got it in perspective and I'm putting my faith in the Lord. Not in Justin, because that, that fails me quite regularly. But when I put my faith in the Lord, and in this, this whole thing started in the garden as the Lord is asking us for a relationship. He wants to commune with you. He wants that relationship with you. He desires that relationship with you. What I, what I have learned uh, through my short years on this earth, put that young plug in there, praise the Lord. Amen. Through my, through my years in life, I've learned the, the deeper the relationship, the more I overlook the flaws. I would tell you, I'm picking at Sister Misty today, there's things that she does that are, can be annoying to others. But because she does it, I love her that much more. I've come to expect that. And if she didn't do that, I, it would be empty for me. Right? I see so many people that deep dive into this word. And this is God's word. And the whole time, they're looking for a problem. They're looking for a flaw. They're looking for inconsistencies. They're not there, by the way. But they make up things to find flaws. But when you're trying to get in true relationships, you're just looking for what you can learn. You're looking for depth. I, I, didn't, I didn't start out with a marital relationship to try to figure out what's wrong. You think that would have worked? 23 years later, I make sure I don't look for flaws. <laughs> it's all positive. <laughs> Amen. So many people look through life and they look at Christians for flaws. You don't have to look for with this one. There's a bunch of them. Amen. It's not about the flaws. It's about the relationship. It's about the relationship. Amen. The connection between sin and death is seen in Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. This is not in reference to physical death, which everyone will experience. The death in view in Romans 6, 23 is separation from fellowship with God, as experienced by Adam and Eve. For the wages of sin is death. That means the more I sin, the more I get paid separation. That's my wage. Just like I go to Volcraft, and the more I work, the more wages I make. 
the wages of sin. The more I sin, the further I separate myself. The more I indulge and the deeper I go into a sinful nature and doing and making the choice I want to make and how I want to live and it's my way, the further I am just drawing the separation between me and the Lord and the more distant the relationship. Some people have said it's cheating on the Lord. In essence, that's what it is. It's separating and separating and separating. And before long, you'll find yourself in a place that you don't even know the Lord anymore. The sad reality is he may not know you. Amen. That's pretty heavy today. I want relationship with him. I do mess up. I do sin. But I want to repent quickly. I want to fuse the relationship back. I want to draw back close to him and, and be in relationship with him. Why? Because I love him. I want to be close to him. I want to learn about him. I, I want to know his ways. I want to know his thoughts. I, I want to know what he has for me and where he would want me to go. Amen. That's what relationship's about. Amen. Amen. The consequences of sin upon humanity was universal death. This is not a reference to physical death, but separation from fellowship with God. I, I don't know about you, but I love my time to work in the morning. It's about 25 minutes down the old crooked winded road to Grapeland, and I typically don't listen to the radio, and I just like to listen to the Lord. That's what I like to do. I don't want to give that up. I don't want sin to separate that from me. That's, a, that's the intimate time that I have with my Savior. And I may pull up to Bullcraft and tears in my eyes. I may have to sit in the parking lot a minute, Sister Twilight. I know you've been there before, right? Because he's talked to me. And I'm not worthy and I'm not good enough. And nothing I've done is good enough. But I do want him to know that I love him. And I want to listen. I want to obey. And I want relationship. Sin separates that. Has anyone ever got in their vehicle and used to that and know they've done something wrong? I have. And I have to just stop and say, all right, let me get this right. Let me start over right here. Because I feel separation. And I don't like how that feels. I want to get that right. Now, now I can make my journey. Amen. Sin separates us from the Lord. Beginning in Romans 1 and 18, Paul showed that all people, whether recipients of general or special revelation, fail to live up to the revelation they have received. Thus, all are sinners in need of a Savior. As he began to conclude this message of universal sinfulness, Paul wrote, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. All have sinned, is past tense, and come short or falling short, which is present tense, of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It is an, it is an important grammatical, grammatically to note that not only 
has every person sinned in the past, but all continue to fall short of God's glorious revelation. This is why the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us from sin as we walk in the light with our faith in Jesus Christ. Is my faith in him? Or is my faith in me? As I try to live for the Lord and walk down this road, we've all sinned. And we've all fallen short. And it'll happen again. But if I'm putting my trust in me, it's very little trust I can put. But I put my trust in him and say, God, you know I'm human and you know I'm frail. You know I'm going to make mistakes. But my hope's still in you, Lord. i got to have you. I've got to have your help. I've got to have your blood applied every day to my life to cover my sin. Since sin is universal, people need a Savior. I say it this way. Since sin is universal, I, Justin Wells, needs a Savior. Where would I be without a Savior? Paul did not discuss his truth only in Romans in his letter to the Galatians, he made the same point. Galatians 3.22 says, But the scripture has concluded it all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Amen. It takes faith to believe. I can't believe without faith. And I have to put my faith in him. Even before Jesus' birth, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream. The angel informed him of a name to be given to Mary's son and the reason for the name. And she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Literally, literally the name Jesus means Yahweh Savior. He is Savior, or he shall save. There is abundant testimony in the New Testament to the fact that Jesus is the Savior of all those who come to him in faith. He is our Savior. His name means he shall save. Amen. When we call on the name, the meaning of that name is he shall save Jesus. Oh, what a name. My Savior. The one that redeems them sins. When I have separated myself and I have fallen short and I come to him and I cry, Jesus. There he comes and there he is and he's there to help me and he's there to remit them sins again. Amen. And wash me clean. I'm so glad to know a Savior. I need a Savior. Praise the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. According to Paul, <clears throat> this is the gospel in the most simple form. Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. To receive the benefit of this good news, it is essential to believe in Jesus. John 3.16 
Genuine belief results in obedience. If I really believe in the Lord, I will obey his word. This obedience is not a work. It is response of faith. I believe the Lord. I have faith in you, Jesus. That means I will do what the word tells me to do. That is my response of my faith in believing in him. So those who ask on the day of Pentecost, what shall we do? Peter answered, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If I have separated myself from him and and I'm living a sinful life, and I know I need a Savior, then I have to say, if I, if I know he is my Savior, what do I have to do? And it lays it out very plainly for us. First, repent. Very plain. Lord, here I am, and I'm sorry for my sins. I, I have to bring them to an altar and say, I'm sorry for all the wrong that I have done, the sinful nature that I have. God, please forgive me of them sins. And then I have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And then I will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's unique that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The gift of the Holy Ghost. There's wages to sin. That means you get payment, but this is a gift. This is a gift. It's free. You can't earn it. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough. It's a gift. All I have to do is be in obedience to his word. Amen. It is my choice. I can't make you come to an altar. I can't make you be baptized. And I've heard this said many times. The Lord's a gentleman. He won't force you. If he forced you, it wouldn't mean anything. But here he is offering. I have a gift for you. I have eternal life for you. I have a better way for you. I have peace that passes understanding for you. It's my gift. You can refuse it. You don't have to accept it. But it's, it's, it's there waiting. It's a gift. That don't mean I never make another mistake. But there he is again. Here I am. Loving arms open to me and you <clears throat> to choose. If I choose to love him, I will also choose to obey him. And I would choose to have a relationship with him. I was thinking today uh, on a Mother's Day. Typically on a Mother's Day, I find some time to be with my mother because it's Mother's Day. I reminisce, some may have lost their mother, and they reminisce about 
their mother and think about it on Mother's Day. The Lord also has a day. We typically call it Sunday. That's the Lord's day. What am I doing next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next Sunday? Am I thinking about the Lord? Am I trying to be with the Lord? Typically on Mother's Day, I'll find a way to go to my mama's house. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law drove about two and a half hours to be with mama on Mother's Day. Because it's Mother's Day. It's about 15 minutes from my house to here on the Lord's Day. Where am I at on the Lord's Day? I love Mama. I'm going to figure out a way to be with Mama on Mother's Day. I'm not picking at anybody today. What are we doing on the Lord's Day? Are we going to take time to be with the Lord? What are we going to do? I choose... No one made me get up to come to church this morning. No one made you get up and come to church this morning. Thank you for being here. What do I choose? It is my choice. Amen. The wages of sin is separation from the Lord. I can choose that. But the gift of God is eternal life. And I can also choose that today it is my choice can we just stand this morning and love the lord oh we thank you for your goodness lord i want to choose you today in everything i do and everywhere i go uh, how i walk how i talk how i live god uh, i choose you jesus i want depth of relationship with you i want to be obedient to you I want to know you intimately, oh Lord, uh, how I love you, Jesus. Uh, Great is your faithfulness, oh Lord. Uh, Blessed be your wonderful name. Uh, Thank you, dear Lord.